Get people to trust you, and you can take it to the bank. Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, hey, this is Dan Miller. Yes, this is the 48 Days Radio Show. We got some great questions, got some great good news stories to share today. Yep, a lot to cover here. Our business partner today is Weebly. Somebody new, Weebly. I'm going to tell you how to set up an easy website to get started in the side business that you want to get going and how easy you can do that. Well, here's some questions we're going to be looking at today. Dan, every day I feel like I'm just drifting by, wasting time. How can a 61-year-old man find meaningful work? Dan, each day puts me farther away from living the life I desire. I'd love to sell, but the problem is I'm the main breadwinner in my family. All right. That sets the stage. We're going to jump right into it here. Here's our quotation for today. It comes from Zig Ziglar. You know, he impacted my life a lot when he was still around. My son hosts the Zig Ziglar podcast today. So a lot of strong connections there. This is one of his quotations where he said, if people like you, they'll listen to you. But if they trust you, they'll do business with you. Well, our call to action is going to be, what could you do to make people like and trust you more? We're going to look at some examples from good news and certainly some things that we can model in our own lives to do that. How to get people to like and trust you more. And believe me, it increases your bank account pretty directly. Hey, let's look at some good news stories here. All kinds of things. I always have to scan so much good news and narrow it down. Thanks for your ongoing comments about the good news sections. Yeah, we hear enough bad news out there and we don't want to do that here. I mean, it's challenging to listen to some of the real life questions. That's true. And those relate to challenging situations, which are inevitable, but there's also a whole lot of good news going on. Well, here's how a mission to recover a stolen wallet changed the lives of a man and a homeless teen. Now, a lot of people would not concern themselves with a stranger's stolen wallet, especially if the wallet in question was thrown into the ocean. But Jimmy Galise was determined to help his distressed customer and his mission to find the wallet ended up changing his life. Galise, who owns a bar in Wrightsville, North Carolina, was approached last month by a female customer who was frantic over her lost wallet. Not only did the wallet contain her ID and cards, but it also contained her wedding ring. So Jimmy started his search for the lost treasure by watching hours and hours of security footage in the bar. After reviewing several different cameras around the bar, he finally saw the wallet sitting on a bench outside. The camera also showed a young hooded stranger who picked up the wallet. Well, the bartender had enough information there to discover the identity of the thief, 17-year-old River Prathers. So Jimmy confronted the youngster who he had seen around outside his bar. And the guy said, yeah, he had taken the money out of the wallet and then threw the wallet into the sea from a nearby pier. So Jimmy, the bartender, the bar owner, then hired two divers to scour the shore for any sign of the wallet. 
Finally, one of the divers uncovered a waterlogged wallet with the credit cards and a wedding ring safely tucked inside. Well, overwhelmed by the success of their mission, he, you know, he returned the wallet to the lady who had lost it. But he knew there was another person involved in this well who needed help. That was the teenager who had picked up the wallet. So he did a little research and discovered that this young guy, Rivers, had been homeless since he'd become estranged from his mother. He said he was living in the woods, and this is when it was 30 degrees outside, and he hadn't eaten in two days. Well, Jimmy could tell, you know, this wasn't a criminal. This was a young kid who was lost and misdirected and just needed somebody to give him a little help. So instead of turning the security footage over to the police, which he could have easily done, Jimmy invited this 17-year-old kid to come live with him. And he's been a part of the family ever since. Now, there's a video that goes through this, and the kid is just so grateful. You know, he can't talk a lot about it without being emotional. But this young guy is now working two jobs, has high hopes for the future, all thanks to his compassionate benefactor. I say thank you to him every day, Rivers said. I'd do anything for him. Well, what a, isn't that a heartwarming story where, where it could have ended up a lot different for everybody involved, but somebody just took the initiative to reach out to find a wallet that had been thrown into the ocean. I mean, the guy hired two divers on his own just to do that, to help a gal out, but then also to reach out to the young guy who had taken the wallet. I love that kind of a story. Here's another similar one. A woman invites an officer who arrested her to her college graduation. This is... Tiffany Hall, young gal, young African-American gal who was caught in a cycle of substance abuse. And this policeman would arrest her, took her to jail numerous times. When he first arrested her, Lieutenant Jim Foster took her to Long Beach, California, took her in for drug charges. But it was not the last encounter. It was one of many. And she says, Tiffany says, I became a product of my environment, drug infestation, and I became that. But then somewhere, somehow, Lieutenant Foster became a part of my life. For some reason, he would always be the one to take me to jail. Hall says whenever Foster was taking her to the station, he'd talk to her about her situation, encourage her to make better choices. She was a unique personality policeman said and lots of humor she had a great story to tell and i noticed she had a tough exterior but a soft interior foster's kindness had such a positive effect on hall she says eventually she gave it gave her the courage to turn away from drug addiction turn her life around five years passed five years later this policeman gets an invitation to her college graduation a ceremony that he says he would not miss for the world uh, he says, the biggest joy of my professional career is from time to time having contact with people who have found their way out of the horrible circumstances and into life success, things that a lot of us just take for granted for people who have a much rougher life story. Well, again, with that story, there are pictures of, uh, of her getting her college diploma and getting a big hug from the police officer that used to take her in because of her drug use. I mean, that, what a great way to turn a life around. We've seen that happen many, many times. We're always optimistic, Joanne and I are, about people who get caught in a cycle of drug abuse and making bad decisions, that they can change their decisions and change their lives. 
And this is another story that just certainly confirms that. Well, here's a waitress who was given $3,000 as a tip if she followed three requests. Now, so she was down on her luck. New York waitress shocked last week when she was given a $3,000 tip on a $43.50 bill. The gift did not come without conditions. On the back of the receipt were three stipulations written by the anonymous giver. First, go to Respect Life and Learn. Secondly, he asked the waitress to pay it forward to someone else. Finally, he told her to keep their names anonymous so they could celebrate the idea of the gesture rather than the names of the people involved. Now, the diner said that Respect Life, it's a pay-it-forward blog. It was started by Ray Specht his old middle school science teacher after the science teacher's son drowned back in 2012. So this has been a long time ago. The waitress who was grateful for the gratuity since she was about to be evicted from her apartment, respected the requests, posted a photo, sent it into this site and where it was then seen by Ray Speck, this middle school teacher, he saw it. And he put some pieces together and realized that the, this young kid who had given the $3,000 tip was a former student of his. He said, I immediately recalled who he was, realized that I had him in my classroom 10 years ago. Young man used to come up to my room to talk to me. And I remember many of our conversations we had over the course of that year. To think that someone I had a decade ago would honor my little boy or even remember his eighth grade science teacher in such a way blows me away. In an age where politicians wish to identify highly effective teachers simply by test scores and data points, this moment could not be better time. Yeah, it's nice to remember teachers for the their meaningful life things they do, in addition to how they improve test scores, perhaps. You know, th- this prompted me to, it reminded me of a note I got this week from um, a gal named Catherine, and it, it kind of ties into that. Here's somebody was impacted by somebody uh, 10 years ago by a teacher. And because of that, he gave this waitress a $3,000 tip, encouraged her to go to this site created by his teacher. Well, here, here's the note from Catherine. I'll tell you why this rung a bell with me. Dan, just dropping a thought on idea regarding the man who lent you the Mercury Zephyr years ago. It seems like a rock untouched relevant to this week's podcast. In all my podcast listening, your book writings, Eagle Resources, and Dan Miller Discipleship, I've not encountered any info or follow-up in the story or proverb of Daniel, etc. about that singular person who was there that moment in your life who lent you that Mercury Zephyr. Please note, just a thought, never do impose or recommend, more like customer research and one loyal follower. Blessed to call you mentor, Catherine. Catherine, you have just dropped a great idea on me and a call to action. I mean, I'm talking today about, you know, being kind, getting people to trust you and all of that. You're referencing something that happened in my life. Wow. 30 years ago. It was 30 years ago when I went through a just absolute business disaster. And I talk about that in some of my books where you know, owed hundreds of thousands of dollars to the IRS and other vendors. Went through that period of time. Uh, the IRS took everything, including our cars. And I had a friend who loaned me a Mercury Zephyr. It was a 1978 Mercury Zephyr. Now, it wasn't a real 
the cream puff <laughs> ride, the windows didn't work, the radio didn't work. It sucked about a, a quart of oil about every hundred miles. But I used that car for about three months till I had enough money to buy a little car from the same gentleman, actually, this the guy who loaned me the car. Yeah, I haven't reached out to him in years just to thank him again for what he did. His name is Danny Barron. He has a car lot still up in Bowling Green, Kentucky. I need to do exactly what you're talking about. I'll do that and provide a follow-up next week. I'm going to call my buddy Danny Barron. I need to do that. Thanks for the prompt to do that, to reach out to somebody who made an impact in me. He loaned me that car, no charge or anything. I limped around, got a position, just direct commission sales going door to door. But I used that car until I made enough money to at least get another little car and started my way back up to get out of that hole that I had dug for me and my family. Golly, thanks for the reminder. Hey, a couple more good news here. Firefighters pay it forward big time after Waitress with Heart of Gold picks up tab. Here's a waitress who did a good deed for a pair of firefighters. And then she was overwhelmed when they returned the favor for her father. So instead of a bill for their breakfast, Liz Woodard, Woodward brought a pair of New Jersey firefighters a thank you note. She knew they had just spent 24 hours battling the blaze at a local warehouse and she just wanted to do something nice for them. So she just wrote on their ticket, your breakfast is on me today. Uh, the note read along with little drawings of a fire axe and helmet. Thank you for all you do. Well, the firefighters, Tim Young and his friend, posted the story in a photo of the note on Facebook, urging people to eat at the diner where she worked. So to where Liz worked, she, they encouraged people to go there. Then they discovered that this waitress had a GoFundMe campaign that she was using to raise $17,000 to buy her father a wheelchair accessible van. So it turns out the young lady who gave us a free meal is really the one that could use the help, Young wrote in another post. The firefighter's plea spread like wildfire. His posts were shared thousands of times and a thousand people donated more than $67,000, $50,000 above her goal. This is just one example of how so many people in this world have incredible hearts and they pay it forward. So the circle keeps on moving. The waitress told the news reporters. Is that cool? So she, out of just kindness to a couple firefighters, covered their ticket. I mean, I don't know what the receipt was, but let's say it's 20 bucks for their breakfast. She just took care of it herself. And that started a chain events where people donated $67,000 to the fund she was working on to get her father, who she wanted to help, a wheelchair accessible van. Man, I, I love those stories. How one good deed turns leads to another. It happens again and again and again. You know, I got another story here about a firefighter. That I, this is from a, a listener. I'm going to tie it in here. Then we're going to go on to some other questions. But this comes from John, who says, I host a weekly leadership podcast um, targeted to small town, rural church pastors and leaders. I'm a full-time pastor of a growing church. 
I left a career as a firefighter to go into ministry 12 years ago. While I absolutely love being a pastor, I've often felt a strong pull back toward the fire service. Last year, I saw a window of opportunity open that would allow me the chance to work as a firefighter once again, in addition to continuing as a lead pastor of my church. God used your podcast as one of several positive voices in my ear that encouraged me to step out and follow my heart and believe him for the unique story he's writing with my life. Now, in addition to leading an incredible church, I'm also a firefighter firefighter for uh, Sioux Falls Fire and Rescue. Thanks for all you do. I love that story. And I love the idea, the acknowledgement that you can do something that may appear to be a regular job, but included as part of the ministry. We, uh, In the good news, you may not often have stories about firefighters and policemen, as I did today here. The policeman had helped the young gal break the cycle of drug use and then went to her college graduation. Wow. I mean, is that an opportunity for ministry? Every bit as much as being a pastor, uh, standing behind a pulpit on Sunday morning? Yes, yes, and yes. So I love that story from John about the idea that he's doing really well in a very growing church. Uh, and I know it is. I, it, it really is. Uh, and uh, yet he wanted to scratch that itch about being a firefighter. So he's doing that as well. Well, hey, I want to tell you about our friends at Weebly here because... It ties in, again, with so many of the stories you guys are writing me. If you've ever thought about quitting your job and doing your own thing, I mean, you're not crazy. You're like 82 million other very sane Americans who said they'd start their own business if they could. Weebly wants to see more of these people take that leap, turn their ideas into successful online businesses. So they made it easier to get started. First, by making it dead simple to create a great-looking website. But more importantly, by providing a bunch of tools that help you to turn that website into a successful business. So let's say that you're an artist. I mean, we hear from lots of you who are. As I'm recording this podcast, my one of my granddaughters is in a room next to me here working on a giraffe. Just an un, It's an astounding giraffe that she's developing as a young artist. And uh, she's already doing things online and providing services. But let's, let's, let's say that you're an artist. You want to sell your stuff online. With Weebly, you can build an online store that makes your products, your brand look incredible, then easily manage inventory, collect payments, run promotions, even live chat with visitors on your site. When you're ready to grow, Weebly can help you get discovered on search engines, create marketing campaigns, get return customers. So whether you're looking to create a side hustle or your dream job, Weebly can help you get your idea there. So here's what I want you to do. Go to Weebly, that's W-E-E-B-L-Y, Weebly.com slash 48 days. And you're going to see a welcome there from me and you get 15% off your first purchase. Again, Weebly, it's more than just a beautiful website. So check it out. I'll be telling you more about them in the upcoming weeks, but check out, go to Weebly.com slash 48 days to learn more and get 15% off your first purchase. Well, speaking of starting your own business, I had somebody this week who's a new member of Coaching Mastery. I mean, you hear stories periodically in here about people who have come through Coaching Mastery and have gone on to just uh, extraordinary success as coaches and people who develop out of that. They get book deals, have online courses and so on. Now, here, here's the deal. And that, that relates to this comment about this brand new guy coming in to Coaching Mastery. Uh, Brian is a 
master's level behavioral analyst. I mean, he has a great position. He already he earns over, um, you know, over six figures comfortably every year in the position. He gets referrals from physicians and health organizations where he goes in to analyze the behavior of a particular person and it sets him up, you know, to get workman's comp, those kind of things. So he's, he's an independent entrepreneur already, but he's gets compensated because he is seeing people face to face. So here is his comment to me and here's why he's coming into our 48 days coaching mastery program. He said he's got a vacation scheduled with his family in June. Now, here we are. This is April. So a couple, you know, they've been planning for this for a long time. Haven't taken a family vacation in five years. And I'm like, well, why not? He says, well, you know how it is as an entrepreneur. You know, you take your family on vacation, your income stops. And you're out there, you know, just depleting assets every day that you're gone, it's tough to do as an entrepreneur. And I said, Oh my gosh, welcome to the 48 days crowd, Brian, because you are missing the absolute essence of what it means to be an entrepreneur. If when you go on vacation with your family, your income stops. Now you hear me tell stories on here all the time about people like Vince Puglisi, who wrote a book, developed a course, he and his family have been traveling for the last three months. They've been traveling, not just for two weeks, for three months because of the systems of income that have been initiated and are in place solidly. Uh, Jamie Slingerland, I mean, my goodness, Jamie and Ruthie, uh, they, they spend more time uh, traveling than they do at home, I think. I mean, they've got it set up, so they rent their home out through Airbnb, so there's income coming in. But because of businesses that they have online that are set up, that are steady, uh, Jamie just got back from five days in Cuba, Havana, Cuba, took their oldest son down there just as a father-son trip. They recently spent a month in Mexico, and next month they're taking their daughter, their oldest daughter, to Paris. They're able to do that because he is an entrepreneur, because you don't have to wait for those two weeks that are paid by your company to go. No, being an entrepreneur should allow you to do that. Now, here's the deal. In, in the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which has certainly been around for a while, Robert Kiyosaki talks about four quadrants that are going to define what kind of work we're doing. So if you visualize this, being the audio, I'll just describe it. So in the top right-hand quadrant, we'll put employee. So we know that model right there in the bottom right side is self-employed. So let's say that you are a bookkeeper or graphic designer and you decide to go out on your own. So now you're doing bookkeeping for companies. You get paid X number of dollars an hour. You're doing graphic design. You get paid, you know, $45 an hour when you're doing that. So you're self-employed. However, in those examples, if you do not do the work, you don't get paid. So let's move to the bottom left-hand side of this quadrant. There we have a business owner. As a business owner, it implies that you have money coming in even if you're not there personally. And Joanna and I just got back, as you know, from a 10-day cruise. My income didn't change during that time. I came back, opened my bank accounts. Wow, been hundreds of deposits in there in the 10 days that we were gone because of things that we have in place that allow the income to continue. That's certainly what we do 
what we teach with our Coaching Mastery members is how to create a business, not just how to become self-employed. Now, now a lot of you listening, you know, are doing things where you're self-employed and I commend you on that. There's nothing wrong with that, but be realistic about what that is. You're self-employed. You don't really have a business because if you have a business, again, you can walk out the door, be gone for a week and you're going to come back and there's more money in your account than when you left. That's a business. And then the top left-hand quadrant in Robert Kiyosaki's four-part quadrant is investor. That means you have enough things in place where you have money, just making you money. You may own a series of apartments or something like that where there's just passive income coming in. Now, again, there's no right or wrong, good or bad about any of those. Obviously, we know that as an employee, you get crucified with our tax laws. Our tax laws are not created by people who are employees. They're created by people who are not people who are business owners and investors. And so the harshest task tax laws are set up for those who are employees. You get taxed right off the top. Doesn't matter. Well, as soon as you move to self-employed, there's tremendous tax savings and as a business owner, even more and more. And I mentioned on here that I, I pay myself rent. I pay $4,000 a month rent to myself for use of the sanctuary, which is a, a barn on our property. Very legitimate, but that makes a dramatic swing in my tax obligations at the end of the year. A lot of those things. Anyway, just a delight to have Brian join us in the Coaching Mastery Program. If you want to check it out, you can go to 48days.com slash coaching hyphen mastery. I'll put a link to that on our notes, but it's 48days.com slash coaching hyphen mastery. The first thing you're going to see there is, do you have what it takes to be a coach? There's a free quiz there. Just take the quiz. You can decide if that's something that would fit you, but it's a joy to work with people coming in. And another gentleman who came in who is a worship pastor at a church where on Easter they had 66,000 people come in, but he wants to expand his impact and influence by um, positioning himself as a professional coach and delighted to have him join us as well. Well, here's a question that comes from Joy, who says, Dan, I've just listened to your podcast about the choices we make and I need some help. I'm 27 years old, married, working full time. Every day I feel like I'm just drifting by, wasting time. I get up, do housework, go to work in the evening and work on homework for my college classes. I feel so lonely, disconnected, distant, and worst of all, lazy. Every time I try to make a change, I get so overwhelmed. So many things in my life need changing. I don't even know where to start. I need to exercise and eat better to take care of myself better. I need to be disciplined in my management of time. I need to be connected with meaningful activities and opportunities with others. I need to get back on track financially. I guess whenever I try to change one of these things, I either get overwhelmed by how many things need changing, or I just don't know where to start. I don't have the support I need to stay motivated because my husband and I both tend to slip back into our comfortable misery together. And this makes it difficult for us to be each other's only motivation. Can you help me figure out where to start and how to make good decisions each day to move forward? I feel like I'm wasting my life, how I'm living now, and it needs to stop. I just need to know where to start and how to stay accountable and on track for lasting change. Any advice or resources you can offer would be greatly appreciated. Thank you. Wow. Yes. Joy, thanks so much for your, your open, vulnerable, transparent note. 
I, I'm sure, again, there are a lot of people listening who can say, wow, she just described me. You know, every day drifting by, wasting time, and then all those things that need to be changed in your life. Well, here's here's my suggestion. And I, I've had the privilege of working with lots of people who start where you are starting. And what I encourage them to do is start with one area, one area only, something where you can experience the benefits immediately. And you know what that usually is? Physically. Start physically. Make a plan for the next 48 days to eat better, to avoid junk food. Don't eat late at night. Choose a plan. You know, if you want a specific plan, let me know and I can connect you with some people who have had, you know, who who are part of specific dietary plans. I can connect you with my nutritionist, uh, Dr. Phil Carson, Carson Natural. You know, he helps me be very specific about supplements and eating habits so that I stay healthy and fit and vibrant and energetic and all that. But anyway, start with one area. So instead of being overwhelmed because of all the things that you need to change, start with one area. And what happens, the success in that one area will spill over into giving you confidence for success in another area. Over the years, we've had thousands and thousands of people come through 48 days who had gone through my good friend Dave Ramsey's material. So Ramsey's material on getting your finances under control, if somebody went through his material and got out of debt, wow, they are excellent candidates to come into our program and experience extraordinary success in their career plan because they've already proven their ability to set a clear goal, exercise the discipline to walk through it and achieve the results. Yeah, we know they're good candidates and you're going to experience the same thing. Uh, years ago, I had a, a young gentleman who came to me. He was 32 years old. He had in the, the year prior to that inherited over $4 million from his grandmother. Having $4 million made him a sitting duck for people giving him investment ideas and investment opportunities. Well, he did that, got involved in some things that were totally not well advised and lost the money, lost all the money. So he was in the tank financially and emotionally, career-wise, the whole deal. You know what I had him do? I started working with him. I had him start going to the Y, the local YMCA, every morning for about two hours. I mean doing push-ups, sit-ups, lifts, squats, everything on the treadmill. I mean, he got to where you could bounce a quarter off his belly because he was in such great shape. That's what we focused on. That's all we focused on was just that. Because here's what happens when you get really in good shape physically, you think clear, you have more creativity, you're more optimistic, you're more positive. And that's exactly what happened. Getting that foundational piece in place with this young guy where he was in really great shape physically springboarded him back to success in the other areas very, very quickly. I mean, I can still in my mind, I can envision a dark green Jaguar that he got soon thereafter when he started getting back on his feet again. But he was totally in the tank and uh, came back, but we focused first on one thing. And I would encourage you to do the same. 
And I really believe that pattern can work for you. So instead of being overwhelmed with everything that needs to be changed, no, focus on physically, get in great shape physically. I mean, even just, just a month of doing that, and it'll spur you on to the discipline required to start working on some other areas in your life. All right, I got a question here from Bob. Now, I'm going to play this as an audio. It's, it's real short, so I'm going to play it. It's only 51 seconds long, so I'm going to play it, and we'll talk about it. It's one of the things I mentioned in the opening questions. Hi, Dan. I'm 61. I lost my middle management commercial real estate job of 30 years in 2012, worked several part-time jobs since, and have been working the past two and a half years full-time at my current job. I am not happy and want to make a change, but don't know what I want to do. I left my career job under less than amicable circumstances with a bitter taste in my mouth and have suffered with bouts of clinical depression ever since. How can a person my age find not only meaningful work, but work I can also enjoy doing? All right. Thanks for your question, Bob. And here's, here's the deal on your question. You're 61 years old. The process is exactly the same if you're 21, 41, 61 or 81 you look inward first take a fresh look draw that line in the sand take a fresh. now i'll send you i'm going to send you a copy of the new version of 48 days to the work you love along with the the 48 day step by step plan what you do every day for 48 days you can walk right through this and come out the other side now i know that you're wounded a little bit because of what happened in your last career position you bounced around a little bit that's all right all of that ought to give you more from which to draw in making a clear decision about the next season of your life and if you're 61 my gosh if you figure this out at this point get real clear on what it is that you do that has value that gives you meaning and joy and money you can go into the most productive profitable 20 years of your life and we see that over and over and over again. So don't begrudge where you are. or feel like you lost your window of opportunity. That's certainly not true. But what you want to do is take a look inward first. What are those skills and abilities that you have? What are your personality tendencies? How do you relate to other people? What kind of environments are you most comfortable in? How do you manage, persuade, sell? And then the third area, what are those values, dreams, and passions that just keep recurring? What is it that when you're doing it, you know, time just flies by. Now, this is a process you can, you ought to be able to go through this in two hours. This is not something that requires 48 days to get clarity. No, you, you can do this in a couple hours where you ought to be able to sit down and go through this and really take a fresh look at it. Now, one of the things that really stuck out to me in your question is that you spent 30 years in commercial real estate. That ought to open the door for you to a whole wide variety of opportunities. I mean, real estate is, is something that is, it's not just either you're in it or you're not. I mean, we can identify 150 different applications in real estate, things that you might be a candidate to do. If you want to be a residential 
agent, listing agent, sure, you can do that. If you want to just be a commercial agent, you can do that. If you want to do property management, you can do that. If you want to be an investor, you can do that. If you want to flip, find places and rehab them, you can find money. There's a lot of money available to do that. I mean, but your knowledge and experience all those years in real estate certainly positions you for some unique opportunities there. And I would suspect that uh, you're going to find your best opportunities in going back and looking at those. If not, if you want to move into a new area, that's fine. But be careful about just throwing the baby out with the bath. Just because you had one bad experience in that, it may be because you were part of a particular organization. Well, organizations each have their own personality. So you can go have a bad experience at one and go out and find 10 other organizations today where it would be a great fit. We'd really enjoy what you're doing there. So do that. But the process again is the same, whether you're 21, 41 or 61, the age doesn't matter. It's not different. It's to look inward first, get a clear sense of how God has gifted you, what those things are that give you a great joy, where your talents are, those developed skills that you have. And then from that, create a clear focus. And the opportunities are different now than they were 30 years ago. There are opportunities in real estate or in anything else that we couldn't have identified 10 years ago. So you have way more from which to choose now than you did when you started off in your career. And what you've done ought to work to your advantage, not your disadvantage. Those things help make you a a better candidate. I mean, you've got skills you bring to the table that somebody who's 21 years old doesn't have. I mean, there's tremendous value in what you've done to get you this place, even if you had a rocky separation in your last job. Well, hey, I hope, my gosh, I hope that puts you back on track. You know, I got a note from uh, from somebody who, um, God, just a painful note about decisions made over the last 10 years. And he said, each day puts me farther away from living the life that I desire. Well, recognizing that ought to be the first clue. I mean, recognizing that ought to make you draw a line in the sand so you stop moving away from the life that you desire. There ought to be things you can do aside from even what you're doing to generate income. But even in that arena, there's just so many opportunities. And sometimes things that are calling out to us that are knocking on our door that are right in front of us. Wow. I mean, we're going to be announcing, I'll probably be announcing next week our next cruise coming up next April, April 27th. We're going to be leaving to go on a a seven day cruise. And our theme is going to be acres of diamonds, but it's that old story about so often our best opportunities are right under our nose. We just don't recognize them as such. But uh, if you are moving away from the living, the life that you desire, wow, be committed to stop that draw a line in the sand, make adjustments that put you firmly on the path, right in the sweet spot of living the life that you desire. You know, when I talk about that, I mean, people, I'm sure look at me sometimes and well, that's easy for you to say, you know, the life that you have. Well, guess how I got the life that I have. It was by being, by doing exactly what I talk about here. You know, I, I, this is not something that just came easy and um, had a rich daddy, you know, and no, not at all. And there were bumps in the road for me as well. I mean, when I was 41, I went through that experience where I was not flat broke. I was, I had created a a hole so big you could drop 
you know, a Mack truck into it, the financial hole. So it wasn't like I was just broke. I had an enormous debt over my head when I was 41 years old. It took me some time to figure that out. I was 53 years old before I really got back to zero. So at 53, I was flat broke. That's where I was flat broke. And I was happy to be flat broke because it meant I had worked my way out of the big hole that I had dug. So that was a real positive move to be flat broke. Well, and it was not until I was 58 that the first hardcover version of 48 Days to the Work You Love came out. So most of what you know about Dan Miller has happened, you know, in the last few years. It wasn't something that happened over a long period of time. It was a process for me, but a process that I've lived through And that's why I can talk about it with confidence and believe that you can go through the same process again, no matter what age you are at at this point. Well, just a a quick note, we continue to have the winds coming out of the 48 Days Eagles community are just astounding. I love seeing what's happening there. Uh, Michael Deutsch launched his new website for his coaching business. William Parker is has a whole bunch of new t-shirt designs, some really cool things that he's got in his Amazon merch account, which is something we talk about in the Eagles community, how to get a merch account and then how to get that. We've got experts in there that can help you learn how to do that. we got a whole lot of people that now have their own merch accounts and are selling t-shirts. It's a no investment kind of business. You put something up there and if people buy it, Amazon gives you a big chunk of the money that came in. I mean, that's how it works. Alan Jackson shared a success story from one of his side projects. Stephanie O'Brien celebrated the launch of her first book, The Messy Middle. We shared her celebration on that. Joe Higginbotham and William Parker connected around their woodworking skills, discovered they're both woodworkers, and so they're connecting, sharing projects and ideas about how to move forward with that. Um, Lou Montel shared a win for all of us. She shared a really heartfelt post about what the Eagles community has meant to her. And those are things that are happening there. Every Monday, we all get together. This last Monday was just our all member access where we're all on the screen together. Anybody who wanted to, we had tons and tons of people on there, but people sharing ideas, not only questions, but also successes and wins as well. Just check it out. If you haven't checked it out yet, you know, I'm not sure why, but, uh, go check out 48dayseagles.com. That's the way that a whole lot of these stories are starting to give people the traction that you hear me talk about. All right. Hey, I got one more here that I want to talk about. And this comes from, from Austin who says, I have this job that should in theory be a perfect fit for me, but the longer I work there, the less satisfied and fulfilled I am. I also spend about an hour and a half commuting to work every day. I've read a few books this year on personal growth, including 48 Days and Zig Ziglar. I've come to the realization that I truly enjoy the art of selling and serving others. The problem I keep running into is that I am the main breadwinner of my family. As my wife gave birth to our firstborn six months ago and the job I have provides extremely good benefits, but the pay is just enough to get by. My wife is uncomfortable with me leaving the job unless I can guarantee a salary. So a straight commission job really stresses her out. Any help would be appreciated. Ouch. Golly, Austin, you've got a clear identification of your challenge a clear identification of your opportunity and a clear identification of the solution all within your short message here. Now here's the deal. And I I don't, 
uh, this may not be easy working through the logistics, but let's just dive right into this. You say you've come to the realization that you truly enjoy the art of selling and serving others. And then the problem is that you are the main breadwinner. Well, here's the deal. Let's twist that a little bit. The fact that you are the main breadwinner makes it like winning the lottery that you enjoy selling. There is nothing that opens a door to creating extraordinary income to fill the cup, bless your family and everybody around you like selling. I mean, nothing. I mean, think about it. I mean, people who are, and we know a lot of people who are making 40 or $50,000 a year. You know, I've talked to some people last week at a conference, you know, who are in the 70 or $80,000 category and what they're doing now there. I won't describe to you what they're doing. It's a little unusual, but it's a salaried position and it's very unlikely to change at all. They're in that where they're going to get a three or 4% increase and that's going to be it. What are the people doing? There were also people in the room who were making three and $400,000 a year. How many of them do you think are in salaried positions? Zero, zero. Now here's the continuum though. If you're in a job right now where you're making $60,000 a year, okay, it's salaried, you have benefits. We understand that. And that's where you're likely to get a three or 4% increase. If you take a position with the company and selling and they give you a base salary of $40,000 a year. Let, let's say that you make $1,000 a week. So base, or basically $48,000 a year. They give you as a base salary. You're used to making 60. But they're going to give you a base of that. But you also get a 15% commission on sales you generate. So it's a decrease in what's guaranteed, but it opens a door where you could possibly make 80. All right, that's a very real scenario. But let's go one more step. Let's say that you get an opportunity to sell yachts. Now you love having boats yourself. You love being on the water, but this is a position where there's no guarantee at all. But you talk to three other guys who have been there for two years. All of them are making in excess of $250,000 a year. Would you do that? Would you take your desire to sell and serve other people well and focus it on something that you really are passionate about, that you care about, that you and love sharing with other people with the strong possibility that you'd make a quarter of a million dollars, or are you going to stay in a position that pays you 60 with benefits? Wow. Now you know where I'm going to go instantly. I mean, I've never had a guaranteed paycheck period because I just see so many opportunities to just do something that I do enjoy and there's no ceiling. I mean, I don't, I, I would have a hard time tolerating knowing that no matter how great a job I did this week, the pay is going to be the same as it was this third week in January, you know, because I'm in the same job. I don't do that ever. I approach every week knowing that if I really serve people well, doing what I love doing, I have an opportunity to make money, you know, that very few people get to experience. Not because I'm chasing the money, but because I've found ways to serve people well. And I know that selling opens a door that allows me to do that. Wow. Well, Austin, obviously, you know my recommendation there. 
golly, how, what can we do to have your wife be more comfortable with your ability to produce in something that you really enjoy, serving people well, using your sales skills? There's nothing that has a potential to double, triple, quadruple your income, whatever you're at today, then doing exactly that. Selling is the key. I mean, we're all selling. I mean, even if you have a job with a guaranteed salary, you're still selling. It's just in a very constrained manner. But you have to sell yourself even there to keep the job. It's a subtle adjustment to sell in a broader context with a broader opportunity with no ceiling on the income you can generate. Man, if you ever experience that, you will never go back to a guarantee. Uh, recognize it's a trade-off. Anytime there's a guarantee, there's a ceiling on what you can do. You remove the guarantee, you also remove the ceiling. I mean, I've seen people in car sales who made so much money, the company just changed a commission structure to bring them back down. You get into something that you really control, there's no ceiling, the sky's the limit. Hey, love these conversations. Even though it may seem, I, I love talking to people like you, Austin, others, you know, Mark, Jim, the people, Bob, those people we've talked to specifically today. That's how we do this. I love the opportunity. Plan this week. What could you do to make people like and trust you more? That translates into a bigger bank account. Hey, thanks for being part of this community where we, in fact, are finding or creating work that is meaningful, purposeful and profitable. Don't settle for less.